now they should be able to hear us. What? What did you? I just pressed two buttons. Sorry, guys. Sorry. So but, I just yeah. did the whole intro, and they couldn't hear me. Yep. All right. Cool. Honestly, that's the worst case scenario, considering the beginning of it was just kind of... Hey, it was fine. It was fine. We're good. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for all the technical difficulties. Uh, some delays at home, some... Uh, just some issues all around that needed to be resolved, and they were, and now we're here, and everything's fine. Aiden's wife is leaving him. You know, um, she's taking the kids. I wasn't <laughs> prepared. I just... Uh, we're going to leave it alone. Oh, no, I can hear us. You, you've got us... Okay. I knew I had it in the right thing initially. You fool. You fool. Um, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lore Lodge Official Podcast. This is episode two. As you can see, we're still figuring stuff, some stuff out. Um, but we've got a, a few good topics for you. We got Dyatlov Pass, uh, some of the other stuff that I covered in last week's uh, Lore Lodge lore episode. And I don't think Aiden actually knows anything about what I'm going to be talking about. So this may be him asking a lot of questions as a surrogate for you guys, as as has been the case. So, uh, you know, with, with that, I'll dive right into this. Um, we're going to start off talking about Dyatlov Pass. Aiden, what, what do you know about Dyatlov Pass? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all? Nothing at all. All right. So, I, know, I know quite literally nothing about it at all. Also, hang on. Let me know if that fixes the echo for anybody. Uh, apparently, there was a slight echo on mine. Uh, thank you, Self-Righteous Scott, for letting me know about that. But, yeah. Anyway, so, Diablo, 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 Dante's Inferno. Diablo of Pass. Okay. Yeah, I know nothing about it. Can you tell me about it, please? So, Diablo Pass was is a, a pass in the Ural Mountains in what is now Russia. Back in 1959, when the incident occurred, it was the USSR. Okay. And the story here is that a group of nine hikers were found dead within a few hundred yards of their campsite. This was from a rather experienced group of hikers who should have known what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And the story in the past couple of years has been that they discovered that, you know, an avalanche is what happened. Mm. And that explains how these people were found not crushed to death by snow in their tent, but several hundred yards away from it, wearing each other's mismatched clothes, having tried to start campfires in the middle of the night Mm. with the tent cut open from the inside and radioactive bodies being found. So the, the interesting part of that, that avalanche theory is where it came from, which is when frozen two came out a couple of years ago, Somebody noticed that the program they used to animate the snow was very realistic. And somebody thought, hmm, you know what? Let's let's use this program to recreate the conditions at Dyatlov Pass on February 1st, 1959. Why this came to mind, I do not know. But what they decided was, you know, given given the conditions and the snow physics from Frozen 2, you could explain what happened with an avalanche. And essentially, it was the way they cut into the snow to set up their tent, created wind conditions that would allow for this freak accident to happen. And that, again, somehow explains why people were found several hundred yards away wearing each other's clothing with poorly constructed fires. The Russian government, the USSR, uh, totally covered this up. They blocked off the site. They moved the bodies. They... Everything that they did was essentially to keep anybody from really investigating what happened here. Why Disney is covering for the USSR, I don't know. 
I there are so many conspiracy theories I could dive into there, but what's important is is the discrepancy between the official explanation of avalanche and some of the key factors, which are uh, the tent being cut open from the inside. That does not scream avalanche. Um, the bodies being found in various states of undress between a few yards and several hundred yards from the tent itself. And part of this is explained by uh, paradoxical undressing, which is the phenomenon of people entering the final stages of hypothermia, getting a rush of heat, a heat sensation through their body and undressing to relieve that. Uh, why that happens, we don't necessarily know. It may be the body trying to prepare the mind for death, but that could explain why they were in various states of undress. What it doesn't explain is why they were wearing each other's clothing. Because what that implies is that they got dressed very hurriedly. They didn't have time to check and see whose clothing was whose. They were trying to escape the tent. Which, again, doesn't, doesn't really fit with an avalanche. An avalanche is kind of a sudden occurrence. If, it were, if snow were cascading down upon them, they wouldn't have time to get dressed and cut open the tent. So, you go a little bit farther out. Uh, what do you have? They're wearing each other's clothing. So, that implies that they were scavenging for clothes off of each other's bodies. On top of that, you got at least two, I forget exactly how many, but at least two campfires that were attempted. And then there's the state of the bodies when they were found. Now, a lot of people have said that it's probably it was scavengers that did what, what they did. But what they found was uh, one of the women was up kind of in a little cave and she was missing her eyes. Another was missing her tongue. Some had limbs torn off. And none of them appeared to have died from blunt force trauma. So, again, it was not a physical impact that killed them. It was either the cold or the, the missing body parts. Scavengers will go for the eyes, but they generally won't pry open a frostbitten corpse to get at the tongue. So, his tongue is missing, and you're up in the mountains, and... You, you know, you're, what happened there, right? Um, and on top of that, the site and some of the bodies were radioactive. Which makes things even weirder. Because what happened there? So when you say radioactive, how radioactive are we talking? Enough to set off a Geiger counter. <laughs> like, as if you had walked through the... As if you had walked through the reactor room of a nuclear power plant. Without any protective gear. Okay. Yeah. So, to me, that doesn't scream at nothing about this screams avalanche. And and I I keep coming back to why would Disney be covering for the the Soviet government? Where is the why? What what is going on? Um, so you can dive into as many conspiracy theories as you want there, but there still remains the question, what happened to these people's bodies? Uh, and there's a few possibilities. Um, as I mentioned in one of my TikTok videos, uh, yesterday, it's possible that the Russians were doing testing on the effects of nuclear radiation on people's bodies. This actually would explain the paradoxical undressing because if they dosed them with some sort of radioactive isotope, if they gave them... Uh, pills or food that had 
uranium or plutonium in it, it could result in radiation sickness and burns to the body that would cause them to feel as though they were very quickly heating up. Uh, also, if there was some sort of direct gamma radiation weapon that they tested on them, uh, there's a possibility that they were testing a sort of bomb nearby and that this had something to do with their, their state. Uh, or there's the slightly more fun theory that it was actually a human experimentation situation gone wrong where they were trying to create some sort of super soldier using radiation and this resulted in something being created and let loose which would explain why they cut the tent open and ran away doesn't exactly explain why they decided it was a good idea to make campfires but the the most confusing thing about the outlaw pass isn't the it's not any one of the aspects of it it's the sum total of them because any one of these things on its own kind of kind of makes sense Mm. you put them all together and they all contradict themselves so you know what happened um i mean after after me just describing it to you just now i'm i'm curious what you think my phone is buzzing is it did you not put on i did not put it on do not disturb it's uh, someone named Jack Holden, it looks like. Why is Jack Holden calling me? Everybody in chat say hi to Jack Holden. <laughs> uh, big fan of the show, it seems. He got me into Freemasonry. Um, That's so, another can of worms. Yeah, right. So my initial instincts based off of initially hearing that story are... Well, one one question that I have is how do they know... For certain that, and you know, it's just technicality essentially. But how do they know for certain that the tent was cut open from the inside? I'm not sure how exactly we determined that. Um, This is from that's from the initial report put together by the Russian government Mm -hmm. uh, by the the search and rescue team that found them. So my assumption there has got to be that it had something to do with the the way that the knife marks were made. whatever tool they used it just it was not unzipped when they found it so that would imply that they cut it open from the inside mm. i mean when you exit a tent and you, you you would make bends to the fabric and everything i i actually don't know how they came to that exact conclusion all i know is that's the conclusion they came to that's fair yeah the whole disney thing is kind of an interesting little addition to the story just because it's like you know, they, they wouldn't, well, I mean, we can't know for certain how they might have benefited from telling the story a certain way or confirming a certain story. But, I don't know, the radioactivity, the radioactivity is probably the weirdest element to that entire story. Like, the whole thing, so in my mind, it's like, okay, avalanche happens, like, there's a massive rumble. If you're in a tent, you're woken up by it before it hits you, I can imagine, okay, yeah, you're just going to get clothes on, get out of the thing. I can buy that. But then you throw on the fact that they were all radioactive. Then you have to question every element of the story. Why is there a radioactive avalanche, right? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Very confusing. And I just, it's, I mean, your theory was interesting about somebody essentially dosing them with plutonium or something along those lines, which 
makes sense. Still weird. Makes sense. I mean, the U.S. and U.K. both studied the effects of plutonium radiation on the human body, but they did it with accidental cases. How so? Um, whenever somebody would accidentally be hit with radiation when working on a nuclear reactor, mm-hmm. they would autopsy the body. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a situation that was almost body snatchers. Uh, if you look that up on YouTube, you're going to find some interesting stuff. But Anything with the title body snatchers, I yeah. feel like you're going to get some interesting stuff. What happened was every time people would get dosed with, with lethal doses of radiation, mm-hmm. once they were dead, the team at Los Alamos, which was one of the core nuclear uh, nuclear study laboratories. That was back all the way in... in the 50s and 60s. Okay. Um, every time somebody would die of radiation poisoning, they would have the body basically stolen. And sent to Los Alamos for for studying. It was one doctor. I can't remember his exact what it what his name was, but it was one particular doctor who was doing most of the experiments. Mm. And for two decades, they were just stealing bodies and testing the remains to see how radiation affected human cells. They eventually actually settled with a lot of the families, but it was still one of the like. It was one of those things where it's like, well, that's more ethical than what the Russians were probably doing, but it's not the most ethical thing you could have done. Correct. You, you could have at least gotten, like, permission first? Yeah. But more but, ethical than whatever Russia's doing is really not a good barometer. No. That's, <laughs> that's like saying you're more healthy than if you got dosed with plutonium. Yeah. More healthy than the health minister of Belgium. Now we're just really firing rings, yeah. aren't we? Mm-hmm. Look up the health minister of Belgium if you want to laugh. That's that's some irony right there. Good little good little chuckle. Yeah, um, good little jiggle. Uh, the, the jiggle jingle. Somebody's not following their own guidelines. Do you know the food pyramid was actually completely wrong for like three decades. Like the the, the FDA's food pyramid. That no, we no, all I, re- about I, remember, in I remember the posters from middle school, but how was it yeah. wrong? Um, Wasn't it like carbs? Proteins, it or basically, like, like fats, or like fats and proteins, or something. Just the proportions of everything were totally off, mm. and it was like you should be eating, eating like eight to eleven servings of bread per day, and just completely wrong amounts of fruits and vegetables. I and didn't realize I was a peasant in 1300s England. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's horrible if you go back and look at it compared to the current one. It's like well, because the current thing is you should have a balance of. Carbs, proteins, and fats. Like, it should yeah, essentially be... that it was like, you should base your entire diet on carbs. No. <laughs> and then protein was, like, up at the top. Like, this is the most important, but you should eat the least of it. Like, <laughs> And now it's, now it's like, a quarter protein. And For, for anybody who's interested in nutrition and or, like, you know, weightlifting or just general health and fitness, imagine somebody telling you that you should eat only a small amount of protein... And you're not speaking into the microphone. ...and a vast amount... <laughs> Of carbs. You, you would look, look at them dead in the eyes and say, so you want me to lose all my gains immediately. It's, it's the Italian diet. It's, it's the you diet. diet. Yeah, it's the me diet. Yes. Um, I've got I've got some pasta in my fridge that is basically the food pyramid. Um, <laughs> in, in one well, then you got your, you know, the sauce is, you know, vegetable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tomato, tomato, fruit, tomato is a fruit. So, so that's, that's the one, one I always get. What about, like, cucumber? Cucumber is also a fruit. If it has seeds, it's a fruit. Do zucchini have fruit? I mean, zucchini seeds? have seeds. So zucchini is a fruit. Zucchini as well. is a fruit. Lettuce is a vegetable. What about peppers? Like, like peppers are also fruit. I think you're breaking some people's minds right now. <laughs> that is that is what we learned in 
all of my high school nutrition courses. <laughs> I if just, it has if it has seeds, it's a fruit. If it does not have seeds, it's a vegetable, which is cucumbers. Uh, I'm about to really destroy some people's lives right now. Uh, pickles are a fruit. Well, they're just pickled cucumbers. I know, so. but just think about how a fruit should taste. Yeah, about a pickle. Yeah. Uh, Wrong. How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't is, know, but I'm a oh fan. Boy. Uh, are... <laughs> I have no idea, but I like it. But yeah, I uh, so you know that's. A nuclear. What? How do we have a nuclear avalanche that resulted in people's tongues being scavenged? Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> just kind of whack. Yeah, it's. And if you, the thing is, if you go and look, a lot of people are like, "Yeah, I don't buy the avalanche explanation," but nobody really has a another one. There's, there's no agreed upon explanation for what happened at Yatlov Pass. It's just everyone agrees that it was weird. Valid. Um, which I, I would love, if anybody in the chat has their own theories, I would love to hear them, unless the theory is it was an avalanche, because then you're siding with Disney, and as we know, Disney is evil. We're on episode two, and you're already dropping the Disney is evil comments. I mean, it's a bold move, that's all Who's I can gonna say. going to take us down, Eden? Is it going to be the government or Disney? Uh, that's a valid point. I think I'm more scared of Disney. Can you imagine... Mickey Mouse just breaking into the apartment with a shotgun. I think I'm also more scared of Disney. Yeah, I I feel like Disney would, I would disappear. <laughs> Disney would like disappear me, and then I would be living in a dungeon underneath the castle at Disney World. Valid. Whereas if the government did something, it would be like a federal penitentiary, which wouldn't be great, but at least it wouldn't be getting, you know, my butt tickled by Mickey Mouse. That is a very interesting yeah. visual. Yeah. You'd be down there with Walt Disney's cryogenically frozen corpse. Do you think they actually did that? I would not be surprised. I'd be very entertained. Um, you know, he, he was a strange man. I, I would not be shocked if we get a cryogenically frozen Jeff Bezos. Really? Oh, yeah. Him, Mark Zuckerberg... Uh, who else? Jack Dorsey from Twitter. Yeah, but he's he's still alive right now. Oh, yeah. But, like, once they're close, you know. That's fair. These are, like, real conspiracies <laughs> that we're getting into. These aren't even the kind we usually talk about. It's oh, like, yeah. No, absolutely. This is just the, yeah, Walt Disney is frozen in the dungeon of the castle at Disney World. Well, they're all... Wait, what did you just unplug? My mic. I'm not sure if it's picking it up properly. That's good. That's what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. It's fine. I mean, is anyone in the chat saying they can't hear you? Uh, yeah, it's essentially that I'm echoing, and that's why I put these in. Because is it, it's is it possible that your mic is, that your computer is picking up both the mic from your microphone? No, see, here's the problem, is that now that I'm listening through both of this, it sounds like I'm being picked up by your mic, not mine. So there's that minor thing. Good. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, you know. This is totally going to be listenable. It should be. We did just get a subscriber, though, so that's nice. fun. And Super Chats aren't working, I see. Uh, I'm not aware if they are or not. You would be able to see it in the chat. Well, actually, no, because you're logged in as... Open up an incognito window. Uh, just ask the chat. Chat, are Super Chats available? 
Obviously, I got to wait a little bit of time to get the answer on that, but when it pops up, let me know because I have absolutely no idea how to configure anything Google does. Elaborate. I don't, it's just confusing. They don't make anything user friendly. And I've been working with Google products for years now in, in the digital marketing sphere, and it's just everything that everything they do makes no sense to me. But anyway, let's hop back into the next subject. Aiden, you got to listen to me rant about this for an hour last week. I, yeah. the, the Other Worlds and the Gracil, uh, as well as I didn't get to talk about this in the video because it was getting to be you know 20 minutes long, but uh, also some of the, the concepts of the afterlife in Celtic mythology and the Norse, uh, Christian, Jude- Christian and Judaism, Christianity and Judaism. Words are very difficult. They just are some of these different different concepts. Um, you know, I guess I'll I'll just jump into it. So the first thing I talked about in last week's lore video, and I feel free to go watch that. I uh, obviously not right now, but at a later date. Um, the the Celtic pantheon of gods and religion. We're talking about a very broad people group here, a broad ethno linguistic group, but they had a concept of what they called the other world which in modern retellings is kind of this seen as this underground world that they that the Tua the Tua did not traveled to. Um, but when you go back and you investigate kind of the older medieval texts on the subject and you examine the borrowed words from Irish to Welsh and back again, what you get is a picture of something that wasn't so much an underworld as pocket dimensions that you hmm. could jump into and out of uh, by going through the the seed, which were the, the fairy mounds. And that's where we also get the term banshee is it's woman of the she, which, you know, woman of the fairy mound and banshees, of course, herald the death of family members. If you were a very important family, then you would usually have a familial banshee. And the Banshee, of course, is a very interesting figure because it starts to appear in some other mythologies, like in the Americas, where you have uh, La Llorona. La, La, La Llorona? Ah. I think. La Llorona. Yeah. That's that's what the devil does in Spanish. La Llorona, which is a wailing woman who, in some traditions, uh, will lead you to water so she can drown you. And in other traditions... Uh, heralds the death of someone close to you. Mm. And then there are even more uh, Native American First Legends, First Legends, First Nations legends that have similar similar lore to them. Um, and then the idea of women who are directly related to death also pops up in Norse, Norse mythology with the Valkyrie, mm. which are uh, you know, these, these divine women who come down and they're choosers of the slain, so they decide who gets to go to Valhalla. Uh, they pick out the people who become members of the Ironyar, which are the uh, the Norse warriors who will fight at Ragnarok. You, what are you doing? Uh, interacting with chat to make sure that I sound normal and also making fun comments oh, okay. to be engaging right. while listening to you speak about Mayorona. Why we should uh, definitely get a mixing board. Yeah, once we can afford it, we will. Yes, I would love to be able to afford a mixing board. Um, sub to us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
we really want to do better content. It's just we're too poor to do better content. Pretty much. Yeah, that's... I have loans. I have so much in loans. Don't you love it? Anyway, yeah, so you're saying La Roma. Yeah. So anyway, women are associated with death in a lot of cultures. Why is that? Um, I'm not entirely sure. But in a lot of cases, it seems to be because they're all they're caretakers. Um, that would that would imply the opposite and of there's something, death. There's, there's something comforting about, uh, you know, a, a woman being the, the person taking you to the afterlife. I guess is is kind of what I'm trying to say. Because um, in, in our lives, the first person that we really know as a caretaker is generally our mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when. When you're sick, you're usually taken care of by a nurse. Nurses are usually women. It's just, I, I think that's got something to do with it. But just to get back to kind of the concept of, of other worlds in Catholic mythology, uh, there is a difference between the, the Irish and the Welsh one. Uh, the Irish are kind of the idea that you can. <laughs> <laughs> so Archie just had to make his appearance. We forgot to put him in the other room. Because, you know, we wanted to be inclusive about it. I still hear it. Give me one second. You're good. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, chat. Well, he takes care of that. Um, yes. Say hello to Archie. Little champion. Um, yeah, I, I don't buy the fact that I no longer have Echo, but if y'all tell me it sounds fine, then I'll take your word for it. But, yeah, I feel like that makes a good amount of sense just given the fact that, you know, a lot of societies kind of put women on the pedestal as caretakers in the sense of like that was that was the most important role that you could have as a woman because it was like you are you are raising new life you're looking at yeah yeah, yeah. we have we have the playback here and archie just showed up because there's the delay anyway man this is really a much bigger train wreck than the first one i'm kind of amazed i think this is fun i think we're having a good time it's a great time when we actually do finally put this on Spotify, you know, once we have enough money to spend the time to figure that out, um, then editing this episode will be fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so other worlds in Irish mythology, there there are a few different ways that you can get to the other world. One of them is to sail west across the sea, which Tolkien used in uh, Lord of the Rings to discuss how the elves get to Valinor when they decide to leave Middle-earth, which is a lot that I could go into, but uh, that this is not the time. I I hope at least some of y'all are Lord of the Rings fans, because this one over here. A whole bunch of Lord of the Rings books right there. I don't think they can see them. They can see it. Can they? they uh, oh, no, can. they can't. No, they can't. Uh, that, that one you can, this one you can't. Uh, we'll get there. It's fine. But yes. <laughs> so you can sail west across the sea. Uh, this is what Bran does in the Voyage of Bran. He goes to the Isle of Joy, the Isle of Youth, and the Isle of Plenty. The problem with that is that since the way Celtic time works is that uh, when you go into the other world, you're actually stepping out of time, and time in Celtic mythology is a spiral. So you can step out of time in one place and back into time in another place by moving laterally. Yep. Which is not how linear time would work. But in sure. the Voyage of Bran, they all get back from from their journey. And they hop off the boat, and everybody who hops off the boat turns to ash immediately because they've returned several decades later, and they're all 
the second they step on land, they become as old as they should be in that world. What do you, what exactly do you mean they become as old as? So they they're should gone be? for like eighty years. I forget the exact amount of time, but they're gone for a long time. And then when they they sail back, they sail back into the future. And so when they get off the ship, mm-hmm. they all become as old as they actually should be at that time. So if they left in 500 AD, they come back in 600 AD, then they're all over 100 years old when they step foot on land. Mm-hmm. But when they're on the ship that they traveled in, they're the age they were when they left. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the issues with going into into the, the time spiral. But one of the ways that you would get into the other world, the other way to get into the other world other than sailing west across the sea was to go into a fairground. And if you went into a fairground, you would go into this kind of pocket dimension where you would be underground, but you would be in the other world. And you would be in uh, a, a two-a-days specific seed. Oh, my gosh. I think it was itches. Um, you need one of those little Velcro things that astronauts put on their... Just all right here on the on the mic thing. Just blow up everybody everybody's ears while you shake it on that thing. Man, we're really struggling here, aren't we? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Irish Otherworld, pocket dimensions. Welsh Otherworld is more like a parallel plane of existence. And whereas in Ireland, each Tua, which was kind of the regional petty kingdoms, mm. uh, had its own sea. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to have to get into the the actual definition of kingdom into oh, which God, you are yeah. should, you're speaking. You know what? Let's do that. Let's do that now. Yeah, let, let's get I that out of the way. A lot of flack for that on TikTok. Um, I said Irish royal families, and Irish TikTok got very upset with me because apparently they don't like the term royal family, which I understand. I get that. If I were Irish, I also would not like the royal family. But it's a case where you've got to separate. Uh, the term itself, royal family, from the specific cultural meaning of that word, which we generally take to mean the English royal family. And you got to look at it in terms of what the words actually mean, semantically, which is royal, to have the status of the king and queen, Mm. and family, which is family. Um, So a family that holds the status of king and queen would be Royal family. Exactly. And royal, the word is French. Mm. It's not English. Uh, family is just Indo-European. It's evolved into a bunch of different languages, but German is family. Uh, French is, I think, also family. Spanish is familia. Italian is familia. Um, so the word royal family just means a family that has the status of king and queen. Irish TikTok. <laughs> did not like that statement. They, they were not fans And they all. would say, oh, well, we elected our leaders, or, oh, we had chieftains, not kings, to which I said, you know, the, the Irish word is, is the breed, or Tua. Uh, the, the Welsh version of Tua is Toisic. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But in Welsh, it means prince. The Welsh okay. used the term prince because they didn't want to use the term king. Because they associated kings with Tyranny. And they also had a thing for Rome. Sounds like 
historical Welsh or historical Wales and modern Irish TikTok have something in common. Yeah. So the the Tua, uh, the Ri, the Toisa, um, all of these different words really mean just sovereign. Um, mean mean the the head of state for anything from a small chiefdom up through the entire kingdom. And you would have an Ardhri, which it is actually both Welsh and Irish. It's one of the few terms that's exactly the same in the two languages, um, although it does have different accents. Um, but an Ardhri would mean a high king, mm. and a high king would generally not be the sole absolute monarch, but rather the leader of a confederacy of clans and tribes. But throughout Irish history, throughout Welsh history, both countries often had Ardhris. Uh, in Wales, it was more of a position that was taken uh, during times of war because it would be used to unite the, the tribes and the clans and the, the fiefdoms against the Vikings, against the Irish, against the English, whoever they had to fight. Um, in Irish, it was more of... I'm not going to say it was a a status symbol that people tried to take, but if you could go and hold the Hill of Tara and, you know, go through the, the associated ceremony, then you would become the High King of Ireland. And somebody would have to take that from you or you would just be High King of Ireland. It didn't necessarily mean that you had all that much power, but you you would be High King. Um, and that would make you, that would make your family... A royal family. A royal family. <laughs> um, so I just don't understand why Irish TikTok was so upset with me other than like their aversion to the term. I think it was just the aversion to the term. But it's just so strange, man. I, like, I get it. I understand. But don't hate me for using the English language. Hate the English for making that the lingua franca, which I think is really funny because lingua franca means French language. But it's the term we use to describe English. Um, why? Because lingua, French used to be the language of the elite. The language that was right. spoken by most people in Europe. Um, not most people, but all of the nobility. It was the language of diplomacy. So the term lingua franca... Across what nations, out of curiosity? Uh, basically all the Christian nations of Europe. What time frame? Middle Ages. So from around the 800s to about when the Renaissance started, um, okay, it was the language of diplomacy in Europe, primarily in England and France, but also to an extent, Italy, um, the, the Germanies, Spain, all those countries, um, because the French were the most powerful nation in the world. And then when England kind of took over the mantle of being the most powerful nation in the world, which was around about what time? That was kind of the, the the colonial era, kind of the 1600s on, is if you look at the, that's kind of when the passing of the torch was. And what exactly was the, like, were the events of that passing of the torch? It was really colonialism. Okay. Um, the English just did a better job at colonizing the New World and at creating a trade network than the French did. And the English Navy was, the French Army was stronger than the English Army, but the English Navy was stronger than the French Navy. And when you're talking about a global economic situation where everything is conducted via ship, 
having the stronger navy makes you yep. the, the more powerful country. Little tidbit about that, actually. When the United States won its independence uh, in 1783, mm. we had the second largest merchant fleet in the world and no navy. <laughs> well, because <laughs> we used to have the British Navy defending our, our merchant ships. Yes. So the United States had to build a Navy very quick. We had John Paul Jones. I was just going to say, you can't. <laughs> we had John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones did, in fact, exist. Yeah. And he was whole. I can go on a rant about him at some point, but. We'll have to do an entire episode about John Paul Jones. We really should, because he's just a legend. A cool absolute. Dude. Aiden has a sweatshirt that I made him. Yes. Uh, you can actually get that at unqualifiedapparel.com. If yes. You, if you go there, uh, there's some cool shirts that we started making before we were doing this. Yep. Um, just just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Some of it's some of it's political. Some of it's historical. Some of it's just BS. Yep. Like the and some of it's your, all three of it. The, the absolve your sins with pray pal um, <laughs> being a classic example. Yes. I. Uh, but yeah. So it. English number five. Okay, so whales. Yes. Um, so, and oh, yeah, and I was talking about uh, R3 as a term. I, in Irish, it was the, the High King. In Welsh, it was also the High King. But I have a theory, uh, which I have argued with a few different medievalists about. But medievalist, by the way, is not a term that means somebody who, like, it, it's not like um, pagan, where you worship pagan gods. Or you, you don't like worship the medieval era or seek to live as if you're in the medieval era. It means somebody who studies the Middle Ages, whether that be as a historian, uh, an anthropologist, an archaeologist, a linguist, whatever. Those that that is the medievalist field. Um, just so that nobody's confused. But the story of King Arthur, uh, Arthur's father, Uther, gets the term Pendragon. Uh, in a lot of the later versions of the story, Arthur also gets the term Pendragon, although it's not clear if he had that in all of the original stories um pendragon so dragon being the national symbol of wales and pen being another word for uh the the highest hmm. um and what language is that welsh okay uh well it's the english version of the welsh version Got of it. welsh yeah. so so pendragon likely stems from pendrech which would mean high dragon hmm. um Ardri, which means high king, could be where we got the term Arthur. Ah. Now, there are people who say it was somebody named Artorius or Arthur. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the name Arthur comes from Roman Iberia, so Roman Spain. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just too much of a coincidence to not at least explore the possibility that we're talking about a guy whose title was Ardri Pendrech, mm-hmm. high king, high dragon. Um, or High King, Highest Dragon. That sounds like a fantastic Kung Fu movie. It does sound like a fantastic Kung Fu movie. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my little theory on that. My uh, my professor, Benjamin Hudson, uh, he, was, he was my favorite professor in college. Shout out, Ben um, Hudson. Thanks, Ben. Um, he did not like that theory. He Why? Did, we did not discuss it. I was a sophomore. He was an Oxford PhD in his like 40th year of teaching. I simply did not find it prudent to argue. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second! You taking a moment to decide not to argue with somebody? <laughs> I went. You know what? I'm out of I'm out of my depth. <laughs> so there is a limit. There is a limit. We have found it. It just so happens that if you have a PhD from Oxford and you've been teaching for four the years, does not exist. Then, oh, the limit does not exist. I don't know about that. Have you ever seen Mean Girls? It's been a while. Oh my god. 
disappointed in you. Stop living in 2002. I know. I really should. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's my theory on where the, the name Arthur Pendragon came from. Uh, it could also just be somebody whose name was quite literally Arthur. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of theories about where King Arthur came from, but that's going to have to be a different podcast. Yes. <laughs> I think we should also do a separate podcast on dragons or maybe a Friday video. That, that would yeah. be interesting. Yeah, dragons are a cool one. Yeah. Um, probably just dinosaur bones, but still cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the Welsh, the Welsh Otherworld, or Anuvin, I hope Welsh TikTok doesn't find this. I've heard you say it. Anuvin. I've said it. Yeah. Anuvin, Anuvin, Anuvin. I, I don't speak Welsh. Please, please don't say Anavan again, because that sounds yeah. like a really rough, like, like that, that, yeah. That, it sounds like I'm trying to say Adavan. Um, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like an antidepressant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm on Anavan. Uh, <laughs> It's spelled A-N-N-W-F-N. So please excuse my inability to pronounce a word where W is a vowel. For someone moving to Wales, you better yeah, I know. get ready um, to pronounce some The Welsh W's. word for beer is kuru, and it's spelled C-W-R-W. Say it one more time. Kuru. Kuru. C-W-R-W. It is a word that in English does not have a vowel. It's just so... They're really taking the, the W and yeah, yeah. they're pronouncing it in the yeah. way it's... Yeah, they're really yeah. going full on, like... Yeah. Well, because in English, we... Or not in English. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, in English, we write W's as V's. Yeah, that's because in the Latin alphabet, the U was written like a V because yeah. they're often carving it in the stone. And you can't really it carve... Sense. It's hard to carve a U in the stone. Yeah. Which is why in uh, both Elder and... Norfuthark, which is the runic language that the Norwegians and Swedes and Danes all used in the Middle Ages. Uh, that's why everything is angular. Mm. is because you had to carve it into stone. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, but it's yeah. just fun to think about. Yeah, also, it's, it's a fun word. Elder Futhark. Like, Elder Futhark. Yeah. Um, I love Norse words because they're almost <laughs> English words most of the time. Like, uh, Book of... The the Book of Iceland, Icelandic mm. book. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's almost so, hilarious. Some of them are nowhere near it, like uh, Heimskringla, which is, is World Encircler. Interesting. Yeah, and it's... That almost sounds German. It's Snorri, Snorri Sturluson's, um basically, History of the World. What is your favorite, not to get way off track, but what is your favorite... We're already yeah, it's track. fine. That's kind of part of the reason why I didn't stop myself. Um, what is your favorite non-English word, and what does it translate to in English? I I can't remember the rest of it. It's that one town in Wales. And it means, Uh, like, the Church of St. Mary by the Grove of the Abbey of St. Tecilio near the Whirlpool in the Red Cave. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Look it up. See? Okay. okay, let's let's pull, pull that shit up, Jeannie. Yeah, um, <laughs> Jim, pull that up. Um, let me check to see what display capture is. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna be able to do this, but it's it you is will. a so, utterly ridiculous Welsh word. town. It's already an autofill because so many people search for it. You're not gonna be able to pronounce it. I'm just telling you that right now. It's like Clenfermorwingle. Oh, 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 okay. This yeah. is a lot. Um, can you can you screen share it? Yeah, we're working on it. Hang on. Put the glasses on. 
Uh, oh, that's the short version. Yeah, that's just Planferpol's Winkle. It's the one all the way on the right. Let's see. We're, we're working on this here. Yeah. This, this, this is why we have the lore. Working. This is why we have the lore episodes is so we can actually talk about this stuff in a concise way. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, um, you know, this is, you know. But yeah, if were um, you able to pull it up? Uh, no, it's no, not working. Okay. Well, here, reason. can you turn that around a little bit so I can see it and I, yes. I can try to pronounce this? So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I actually was close on that. Which one was, did, which, did you read this one or this one? Uh, the, this one. one. Yeah. Because that, that wasn't one. even like the end of it. Oh, 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 this is it. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah. There's four L's in a row. Hang on, I'm gonna drop this in the chat. Yeah, so y'all understand what why I'm happening. why I'm trying so hard right now because I can't screen share right now for some reason. Because you know, if technical difficulties wasn't the subtitle of this, you know, episode, now it officially is. Yeah, um, pull pull it, pull it back up though, so I can read what the yep. actual uh, name means. Yeah, the Church of Saint Mary in the hollow of the white hazel trees near the rapid whirlpool by Saint Cecilio of the Red Cave. I mean, so I can only assume that there's also a turn it back around that there's also a the Church of Saint Mary in the hollow of the white hazel trees near the rapid whirlpool by Saint Celio that isn't by the Red Cave. Probably, yeah. There, I, there must have just been a chain of names here that eventually came to us having this overly complicated long yes. town name. I want to know what's so special about the Red Cave. I don't know. I just assumed there was also one that wasn't by a red cave. Fair. So they had to be like, oh, yeah, the one by the red cave. Oh, yeah. yes. The red. Oh, yeah. The one by the red cave. Not, yeah. or, no. Is it? That, yes. It's like how we got, we've got Marion and Lower Marion. Like, Marion obviously came first, and now we've got Lower Marion. Kind of like how. And they're Darby and Upper Darby. I don't think there's a Lower Darby. So. You're getting into some real Delco BS here. Yes, very much. <laughs> I, like, my initial, my instinct whenever it's like, what came first? I go to like fork versus pitchfork. I don't know why that's my go-to, but that's a really oddly specific example you just gave. For some reason, I've used it more than oh once. I don't know why. It just has happened. What time is it? Uh, it is eight fifty. Okay, we got to get to the next section of this. So I'm just gonna really quickly go through what I was gonna say about <laughs> other worlds. So the Welsh Otherworld, while the Irish Otherworld is set up as a series of pocket dimensions, the Welsh Otherworld is more of a parallel dimension where you have a similar uh, structure of the nobility of the aristocracy to actual Welsh um, government. So you would have a high king and then often a pretender high king and then a series of chieftains and petty kings. And what what we believe from those two descriptions that we get from the Middle Ages, which are... uh, retellings they're christianized retellings of the original celtic mythology so we definitely lost something along the way there but we know that there was a certain um degree to which they associated their cultural other world with their actual world they inhabited Mm. so that's how they understood it um which you know makes you wonder were the other worlds actually different or was this a, a cultural difference and 
you know, where did it evolve? Because if it got to that point, then it probably predates the Irish getting to Ireland. Mm. Um, and then we don't know exactly what the Gauls believed, but they probably had their own version of it. So the, one of the great remind us who the Gauls were. The Gauls were the continental uh, Celts who inhabited what is now France. Okay. Um, and Gauls is a, a broad term. There were individual tribes like the Briganti, the Arverni, uh, the Idui, the Belgii. And what time period is this? This is Rome. Okay. Uh, these were these were wiped out by Julius Caesar. Okay. Uh, by the time, part of the reason that French as a language persists to this day mm-hmm. is that Latin and, and Spanish. Um, Latin reached Spain mm-hmm. before Caesar. Uh, so in the, I forget exactly when the Romans conquered Spain, but it was prior to Caesar's time. Um, Caesar conquered Gaul and set up the first expedition to Britain. But, you know, part of the reason that we have Welsh and Irish mm. and not continental Gaelic, uh, or Gallic, I guess, um, is because Caesar didn't make it to Ireland. And the Brythonic Celts, the, the Britons, the now what we refer to as the Welsh, the Romans had a really hard time establishing control in Britain over the countryside. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Romans wouldn't have walled towns on the interior because they didn't want to make rebellions easier. In well, Britain, they had walled towns. Why would that make rebellions easier? Because it's really hard to defend a city with a thousand men against 10,000 men if it doesn't have walls. But if it has walls, you only have to defend against a certain amount of men at once. Mm-hmm. If you've got a thousand men defending an unwalled city, you've got to defend against all the enemy at once. If you've mm-hmm. got a walled city, then you only have to defend against however many men they can get up on the walls at once. So that would make it, that would make me believe... Oh, so essentially... So the rebels could capture a town and hold it more effectively got with it. walls. So my thought was the initial capture would be... Well, it would be easier... It's not the initial capture by the rebels, yeah. it's the recapture. Got it. So, but in Britain, they didn't do that because mm. they had such a hard time controlling the countryside because it was so far from Rome that they had to build walled cities. And the result was when the Romans left, the the Celts went back to using their native language and worshiping their native gods. And it took another 100, 200 years before Christianity and uh, Latin could reestablish themselves on on the Isle of Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just surprises me that th- this is still on point, but you know, it's not like any question you can particularly answer, but it just surprises me when leaders such as Caesar or others throughout history overextend their hand in terms of conquering for no real beneficial reason. Like there, there was no benefit to, to going. Iraq. <laughs> they had WMDs, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny you say that as we're currently overextending our military in the yeah. 120 countries worldwide. Yeah, you just like inflating like, our currency. Let's not look at what is it the M1? Yeah, let's not look at the M1. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine, but it's not. Um, <laughs> but you know, like there was no reason to go to Britain for Julius Caesar. There was no benefit to that. Was there, there was a reason to go to Britain for Julius Caesar, and was that reason? reason was no one else had. Ah. <laughs> Naturally, for Caesar, uh, and again, we're getting way off track here, but for Caesar, his his conquest of Gaul was mm. entirely about securing his position in the nobility. Uh, Caesar inherited really? a destitute noble family 
and had to basically rebuild it from the ground up. He started as just a, a soldier. Okay. Um, and he distinguished himself and he worked his way up through the ranks and eventually by becoming political allies with uh, Pompey and Crassus, mm-hmm. um, he was able to... Crassus was the wealthiest man in Rome and Pompey was one of the most esteemed generals in Rome. Mm-hmm. So Caesar was able to kind of insert himself as the populist leader mm-hmm. and as as dictator, as consul, he was able to push through Pompey and Crassus' policies mm. um, without them having to kind of stick their own neck out for it. So he would be the man who would pitch it, and he would have the people and the army behind him, and then Pompey and Crassus would kind of feed him ideas. And this was how Caesar came to power. But eventually Caesar became more powerful than Pompey and Crassus, mm-hmm. and we know how that went. Well, and it, uh, but it, it explains, because I didn't know Caesar's origins, but that explains essentially all the memes I've seen, where it's like, yeah. you know, you have one leader talking to their military and they're like, you know, screw you. Whereas it's like, Caesar is essentially like, I need you to do this, that, and whatever. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Like, like yeah, they were anything. just more loyal to Caesar than anyone else. Yeah. Um, well, when, it, when it's somebody, when your leader, at least from a military standpoint, when your leader is essentially somebody who was in your position before, mm-hmm. rose to that, earned their way up there, you have to respect them. Oh, he was also known as a as a general, and yeah. not necessarily a general, but as an officer. Mm. He was known to lead from the front, mm. um, and this was part of what made Roman officers such uh, such powerful figures, despite their often harsh treatment of the soldiers under their command. Was they the centurions would fight in line with their soldiers, mm. like in the front rank. So centurion Roman officers died at a much higher rate. Yeah, well, understandably than so. Most yeah. other organized armies throughout time, but their soldiers also respected them a lot more. Hmm. So they were able to be more more disciplinary. And they, that's why they were able to pull off things like decimations, where you would have every men group into tens, and then they would draw lots, and whoever draw the short stick was just killed. And this was a way to instill morale. Interesting. Wait, wait, wait. It worked. That was among that was among the soldiers. Yeah. So whoever drew the short, the short straw, yeah. just just got yep, just got whacked, just for the sake just of, for the sake of morale. How would that help morale? I don't really know what the <laughs> psychology was, but apparently it worked quite well. So I've studied psychology. For anybody who has any inclination on deeper psychology, explain why that worked because we know historically it existed and it worked. It worked pretty damn well. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, wait, who did the killing? The officers. The centurions. Okay. Maybe it was just a, a matter of order. Just Basically, in the sense of, like, this just is how it is. I can't imagine. Banding together through survivor's guilt. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, that's why Caesar went to Britain. That is that is the reason Caesar went to Britain. And then later on, they were like, ooh, Britain's got some cool resources. We should stay here. And we think, just, I'm still on that last thing, sure. and, and we think soldiers today have PTSD. Holy God. Oh, yeah, Roman soldiers were probably a mess. They, yeah. Well, and Spartan soldiers were probably just, just, well, Spartan soldiers and Marines had a lot in common. And what? Marines. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, that's why they share a lot of the same stuff. But, like, to be fair, I feel like Spartans, given the way they were raised and things like that, Marines are sick. Love the Marines. I know a few. Very good friends with a couple. Um, send your Marines some crayons. They need a treat. They do. They do. Give them, send them some snacks and stuff. It'll be great. But uh, Just send them some crayons. Yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, okay, 
you can do crayons, you can do chalk. Like there's a lot, there's a wide array of options. <laughs> a wide array of options for marine snacks. Um, but please don't send your marines any yeah, crayons. Please, please do not. Maybe some tasty cakes. Yeah, do you or, have, you, they probably don't know what tasty cakes are. Just anything other than an MRE, for God's sake. Dude, MREs are not that bad. Depends on the type. Depends yeah. on the type of MRE. I had some bad ones, but I also had some that were actually very good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I haven't tried. Oh no, I've had. Dude, there's, there's like trading cards. You'd be like, I got a cosmic brownie. Yeah, cool. yeah. Give me for it, dude. I have passed cosmic brownies like the past three times I've been in an Acme, and it's taken a lot of self restraint to not pick up a box. Adulthood is being able to eat an entire box of Oreos and have nobody stop you, and adulthood is also understanding why that's a bad idea only after doing it six times. Yeah, because the first five times you're like, ah, oh, that was a coincidence, and <laughs> yeah. the sixth time you're like, hmm, you know what? I don't think that was a coincidence. Also, something I forgot to mention when you asked me what my favorite word. It's not a word, but it's a concept. The Yule Lads. Oh, I need to know what this is. It is an Icelandic tradition mm-hmm. uh, regarding a series of little elvish creatures who come at Yule. And they have uh, specific names. Like, uh, I think one of them's like Spoon Stealer. Um, yeah, they're, they're just... They, they just, yeah, they've got these just like bowl liquor. Like they've got these weird attributes. Um, yeah, my my ex girlfriend and I used to make jokes about it all the time. Uh, spoon stealer. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my name in yeah. the Discord. Look, look up when you get a free moment. Look up Yule Lads. Maybe I'll do a more video on that. I, I think we should say yeah. Christmas. Um, yeah. Yes. But, yeah. Well, yeah. The Yule Lads. The Yule Lads. Um, okay. I, I want to do a group. Uh, a group Christmas costume where we all are Yule lads. Oh, I mean, I was just going to say we need to change one of our group chats yeah. to the Yule lads. <laughs> or at least once it hits December, yeah. we'll do that. All right. Jeez. Okay. Um, we're simply not going to hit these other concepts. So we will save those for next week because they're actually much more related than the two I have here. We didn't talk about personal paranormal experiences either. We it's we're only an hour in. I know, but don't we want to take the last half hour and do questions? Uh, well, I I've only got one story that's vaguely paranormal. I don't know. It's quick. I don't know how long yours is. All right. So my my personal paranormal story is it's not necessarily paranormal. It's more religious, spiritual, whatever. I went through a period in like middle school and high school where I was just kind of like full on atheist for a while reddit neckbeard my little pony atheist correct correct didn't, didn't dive into my little pony I and i could just admit to liking my no. little pony on air never <laughs> never done that um i was a web best, best, no, best man or not i also <laughs> still can't grow facial hair so i was not a neckbeard yeah uh, somebody commented on one of my videos asking why i had neck hair and no facial hair and i was like that is rude sir <laughs> i just forgot to trim this morning like Come on. God. Right, Give us so a break. Anyway, We're still in our early 20s. We're getting there. We're getting there. paranormal My Little Pony story. Yes. yes. So, uh, Fuzzy Wuzzy came up to me in my sleep. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you set it up. I had to pay it off. Uh, you really... <laughs> anyway. So... My story is essentially, it's its not one that I particularly remember. It's one that I was uh, told by those who witnessed it because I was young. I, no, it wasn't it wasn't like I got possessed. Well, no. It's like you telling me what happened last weekend. Yeah, well. <laughs> you, just, you got possessed? No, it's, I said it's not like I got oh, possessed. Okay. No, 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 no. I was just too young to remember it. Um, 
<laughs> Stop it. <laughs> anyway, so essentially what happened was is that my mother was in a ro- uh, room of our house one early morning. And let me preface this is that this is the reason why I remember this story. And this is the reason why I could never fully be an atheist, even though, you know, at times my brain was like, it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. I just couldn't get past this story because there was just no other explanation. Anyway, so my mom's sitting in the room of of one of the rooms of our house and she's on the phone with her mom and they're just they talk all all the time on the phone and whatnot. And as they do. Um, Anyway, so what they were discussing on the phone prior to was the previous night my mother's grandfather and her mother's father had passed away and he was like yeah, i think he was in his like 80s or something like you know he lived a good life um but they were talking about that and then so they had been talking for quite a while and then uh i came into the room and my bedroom is nowhere near this area of the house and all you know i i just normally would come right down to my mom in the mornings things like that so they're long past that point in the conversation and my mother looks over to me as I enter the room and says, oh, like, good morning, sweetie. How are you? And I just look at her dead in the eye with a smile on my face. I say, pop up Jim dad last night, didn't he? And I think you've told me this story. I might have. Yeah. A long and, time ago. Yeah. And my mom just like didn't know what to do. And she because she was still on the phone with her mom. She was like, did you hear that? And her mom was like, uh-huh. And, and my mom was like, what? why do you say like i can't remember the exact words she's like why do you say that like what makes you say that and i responded with uh because god told me in my sleep last night he said he's all happy and there's everything's good and like along those lines i'm paraphrasing she remembers exactly what i said and then apparently i just ran off and my mom and her mother just kind of sat there for a couple minutes like what just happened so i have no explanation of that because i have interrogated both of them about it and broken that situation down and there's no way I would have heard them talking about it and I I just I don't have explanation beyond the spiritual on that one so that counts yeah. that certainly counts <laughs> glad Grandpa Jim's chilling yeah he's he's, he's, he's vibing up in heaven yeah um, it's vibing it's fine Anyway, so yeah, what, what was your yeah. paranormal story? All right, well, I've got three that come to mind. Oh, okay. Um, the the first one, the the most vague one is with uh, shadow people, which I actually had somebody message me today uh, who asked me about that message me on uh, TikTok, one of my my mutuals on there. Hmm. Um, asked me, it told me that uh, their friend died recently, and right before their friend died, uh, she saw a shadowy figure wearing a hat and a trench coat. I don't know why everybody's shadow person is wearing a hat and a trench coat, but it seems to be that everyone's shadow person wears some sort of hat and a trench coat. Apparently those neighborhood watch signs were pretty accurate. Um, But I I asked, I made a TikTok where I asked people about that. I was like, you know, in my shadow person uh, video, I asked, you know, or like I, I said that my shadow person had a hat. And I said, what about all of yours? And almost every single person was like, yeah, all the shadow people I've seen have hats. What kind of hat? Like, it, it varied. It could okay. be a cowboy hat, a fedora, like a sombrero. It didn't matter, but they were all wearing hats. 
Almost all. So when you say shadow people, like what exactly did it look like? Yeah. So basically shadow people are just people who report humanoid figures that are pure black, Mm. but uh, they appear to be wearing clothing, um, but they they just appear as dark, shadowy, as as if you had a black fog. Um, Interesting. But they will take on the shape of a person. And it'll be anything from a fog to more of a solid figure, but kind of the the running similarities are that they are dark. They generally have red eyes. They seem to be wearing a hat and a trench coat, mm-hmm. and they will appear before times of discomfort or tragedy. Or is it like often to children? Are they are like they won't hurt you? No, no, no. They'll like, just kind of like look at you. Is it? When you compare a human to a shadow figure, are like does the shadow figure have definitive three dimensional texture? Yes. Can, are there colors beyond the darkness? No, just black. It's just black. Just black. Even the face, except for the red eyes. the eyes. Is there, like, is it like a Vanta black where it's hard to see the details? Or okay, yeah. So it's just kind of it's like a black black fog or mist or smoke. Got it. But um, but you can still tell that it is three can, dimensional. Yeah, you can tell it's three dimensional and that it has features like clothing. Okay. Um, and for me personally, uh, I started seeing one when I was about seven. Okay. Always about as far off as I could see. Um, and it did get a little bit closer over time. Mm-hmm. But I have one very vivid memory of it, and it went away when we were in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one very vivid memory, and I don't know, like, because I wasn't experiencing anything tragic at the time. Yeah. It was just there, watching. Not comfortable. Um, I don't think anybody some man in a hat and a trench coat watching you from afar is not something you want. Even if it's not a like, even if it's not a shadow. In fact, it's probably worse if it's not a shadow. Person. Yeah, I would agree. But I'd rather be haunted than hunted. Yeah. So I just had one very vivid memory when I was homeschooled in third grade. Um, that's a thing that happened. Yeah, I always forget that it was a thing. Yeah, when I was homeschooled in third grade, I was at this place that us homeschool kids would go to get some social interaction called Open Connections, and it was in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. And is that a is that a plug? No, <laughs> I'm just I, I just want everybody to understand this is a very real vivid memory. Actually. No, I got you, I got you. And there was, it was like an old farmhouse that we were all chilling, and I was in the farm kinesthetics and math program, which is not three things that go together. Um, <laughs> and basically, what we would do is occasionally multiplication, uh, farm for potatoes, and then spend most of our time running around in the woods. Did you at least get to eat the potatoes? Yes, we were did they cook good? the potatoes. Were they good? Decent for a bunch of third graders cooking them. Fair enough. Um, but uh, most of our time was spent running around in the woods. Naturally. Uh, and you know, a bunch of eight-year-olds running around in the woods. And there was a weird little kind of platform with tiki torches. I don't really remember why that was there. I just remember that it was there. Sounds vaguely cultish. A little bit. But there was a very tall, probably 100 feet at least, uh, mm. hill with a pretty steep slope that we would sled on in the winter. But you could see it from the main farmhouse. It was probably about three-quarters of a mile away. Okay. And I just remember vividly looking out the window one day and just seeing a shadow person mm. just standing on the hill, just looking right at me. And it, again, three quarters of a mile away, but I could tell it was looking at me. Yeah. And that was unsettling. Um, and then I saw it a few more times until I was about 11 years old. Never saw it again. Um, haven't seen it since. Another really quick one, when I was staying at my Aunt Cindy's, summer after junior year of college, uh, when I just got an Archie. If you, I don't know if you remember this, he would just bark at empty doorways in that house. 
which my cousins insist is haunted, and I agree. Yep, um, I do. It's like a really old farmhouse, and he would just suddenly get up at around 11 p.m. every night and bark at this empty doorway. Having spent Deeply a, unsettling. Having spent a couple nights there, even with you in the house, definitely yeah. weird vibes. Yeah, it had some weird vibes. Um, but yeah, so it was that. Uh, There's this one time that I was in fourth grade hanging out with some of my friends from Open Connections. Uh, kid Zach. I uh, didn't see him from fourth grade until 10th grade, and by that time, uh, he had been homeschooled a lot longer than me. He went through eighth grade and then went to public school. Mm. Uh, by that time, he had blue hair and his nickname was Dragon. So, shout out, Zach. Hope you're doing good. Um, or Dragon. Or Dragon, if, if you're still going by, by Dragon. Hope, hope you're having a good time. Um, but yeah, so we were in his basement and we were monster hunting, as as nine-year-olds do. As one does, yes. And we were all really into Nine-year-olds? We were nine at the time. Fourth grade. You say that like we still don't do that. Well, that's fair. Um, <laughs> so we're in the basement monster hunting. And we go downstairs, and as you know, very seasoned monster hunters, we turn on all the lights. Mm-hmm. Um, convinced ourselves we saw something in the shadows. I go back into the way his basement works was basically that there was one room that went all the way back, and then a U turn, and another room that came all the way back, but didn't access the stairs. Mm. So just a big horseshoe. Mm. Um, I went into the horseshoe room. I was scared, so I grabbed a knife off the workbench that was right next to me. I don't know what I was going to do with the rusty knife on the workbench next to me, but I was nine. Um, hey, something's better than nothing. Exactly. Though. Walked to the back of the room. There was a light with a pull string. Pulled it down. Turned the light on. Sketched myself out. Ran away. Um, we ran upstairs. We all freaked out. Zach's mom is like, "Hey, you need to go turn the lights off before you finish up with you know monster hunting." <laughs> we go back downstairs. That sounds like a like the opening scene yeah. of a horror film. We go back downstairs. I go down. I grab the knife again. I turn off the light. Run back in the dark, put the knife down on the workbench, run back upstairs, all the lights are off. His mom's like, that didn't take you long enough. You definitely didn't turn off all the lights. Go back down and turn them all off. Oh, we were only okay. down there for like seven seconds, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but like... But yeah, she didn't believe us, so we go back down. And the first thing I see is there's light coming from the room I just left. And I walk back, and I turn the corner. Lights on. Tied to the drawstring is the knife. We were upstairs maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. And all three of us went up. There was nobody down there with us. Yeah. And I remember that vividly, just being like, "Mm." so I don't know. If if this ever gets back to Zach, please, if this did not happen, if I made this up, fact check me on it, but I vividly remember it. Um, That's a no. That was a a big nope. Um, I'd have been like, if if I walked in on that, I, it literally would have verbally said, nope. Yep. Went upstairs and to the, like, to mom, I would have been like, hey, hey no. Like, can you do that, please? Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the final one is me and, me and the neighborhood friends were playing Infection, which mm-hmm. for those of you who didn't do this growing up, uh, if you ever played the Halo or Call of Duty mode Infection, one person would start out as it, and then they had to tag people. Last person to not be it would win. Uh, mm-hmm. This was often either my friend Tommy, who inexplicably could blend into any shadows despite being pale and Irish, um, Tommy or one of the girls who just had the capacity to sit and be quiet for extended periods of time. Uh, it was never me. It, I never won. It was always really close, but I never quite won. Um, and our friend Zoe would like just, you know, like the University It Follows. It's the movie about the STD ghost. I have not. It's a sexually transmitted ghost. 
Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. Can we watch it? Yes, we can watch it. We, we the Discord, will watch that together at some yeah. point. Um, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, but our friend Zoe was kind of like the It Follows demon. She would just, she would never catch you because mm. she was just not fast enough. Mm. But she would not stop. She, like, you would be just like, at a certain point, you're like, all right, I'm sick. <laughs> like, there's Zoe slowly plodding along towards you. Um, sorry, Zoe. <laughs> also you were supposed to bring us to your beach house like four years ago and you never did so you know i'm telling this story as revenge um take that zoe ha uh yeah she's never gonna watch this no, uh, not a chance. <laughs> no chance i don't think even our other close friends watch this show i don't think they're aware of when we do it no, or whatever no. i mean it's not like we they tell know the them. show exists they they just, will, yeah it's not like we've told them like it's, we haven't oh, asked have. them to watch oh, well, you, you think i haven't shoved it in all of their faces that I have a podcast that people actually watch. Fair enough. This is like the one thing I have, man. Thanks for watching, everybody. This is all I have. <laughs> We're surviving. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the final time we were playing Infection and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go hide in the house next to the Brennan's house yard. Uh, this house at the time was abandoned. It had been abandoned since we had moved into the neighborhood a decade earlier. And we, there have been some weird goings on in that house. Like the the basement lights came on once. Mm-hmm. It wasn't connected to the power grid. Oh, because <laughs> it had been abandoned for ten years. So oh. yeah, like one time oh. we were all getting ready for. We had a camp out each year. And we were all getting ready to launch our attack plan on the girls' tent because mm-hmm. it was just an all night prank war. That was what we did. As um, you do. Yeah, we were like fifteen, sixteen. Yep. Uh, and we were standing in the Brennan's driveway and it suddenly dropped 10 degrees. Um, yeah. And uh, But this one particular time we're playing Infection and I go to hide in that house's yard. I'm like, nobody's going to look for me here. Um, go into the yard, pass, go down the driveway. It's pretty shallow uh, property. And there's a plastic lawn chair in the driveway for some reason. I go and I sit by the hedges and I see Tommy run past me in his yard. And I'm like, okay, he, didn't, he has no suspicion I'm here. He was it. Um, he was the zombie. So he runs past me and I'm like, all right, cool. And then a couple minutes later, I hear something skitter across asphalt. And I'm like, I look behind me. The chair is now 10 feet from where the chair was upside down. And at that moment, I'm like, all right, I got two options. I let this ghost make me its bitch. <laughs> or I stand up for the ghost. Hmm. so i look at the house and i'm like hey fuck off um every door in the house slammed (laughs) no way i heard just a collective just like oh yeah and i was like "Ooh, no (laughs) i bolted out of the yard and i did not go back in that yard since it has been Probably about five years since then at this point. This is mm-hmm. summer of... No, this is summer of 2015. So, six years. Mm. Three families have lived in that house since we went to college mm. in 2017. Two of them have moved out mm. within a year. Is there one in there now? There's one in there now. Two of those families moved out within a year of moving in. We should... Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. We should we should ask to 
to just pop by. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they might not still be there. I'll drive by sometime. Um, yeah. But yeah, so those are my personal stories. Um, those are some pretty... I remember all of these vividly. I wouldn't make these things up. No. Um, yeah, and I was not a person who was afraid of the dark at all. We, we would play Manhunt, Infection, Capture the Flag mm. in the pitch dark, you know, 10, 11 p.m. after watching Supernatural, back when it was still scary. Like... Pre-season five. Yeah, exactly. Like season. season one and two of Supernatural. We watched, like, um, Family Remains, the episode with the kids in the walls. Oh, yeah. We watched that and then go play out in the dark. <laughs> like, we were psychopaths, dude. That is so funny. Because we I'm nuts. still I'm still scared of the dark, man. Yeah, no, we were insane. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't like I was afraid of the dark, but this was, there was some funky stuff going on in that house. Oh, well, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I was not a fan. Um, all right. Uh, do we, do we have questions in the chat? We do. We got to configure super chats for next week. Yeah, we do. We got to figure out how to do that. So desperately poor, desperately, desperately poor, desperately poor. By the way, for those of you who were asking why things are blurry, uh, it's because we are, in fact, filming this on an iPhone. Yeah. Because we don't have a camcorder. Because we, we can't well, afford it. Well, we do have that new stuff um, from Padcaster. Right. It is on yeah. the way. It's, uh, it is. I, I just have to go pick it up. Um, we had a generous donation of a Padcaster Verse, which is a uh, a tripod as well as there's there's an app and, um, and some software and some microphones and stuff. So we're going to be picking that up gonna be using that for some of our future stuff um you know so we we might start plugging padcaster a bit please don't hate us for that but uh you know they are we, we got to do something they're being very helpful so we would love uh you know love for you guys to give us some support there uh but yeah so we have we have questions we do so uh the first one that i'm seeing is from brendan and it says what do you think is <coughs> sorry kind of died um, it's okay. What do you think is the scariest aspect of the Wendigo? Wendigo, sorry, uh, or any of its variations? Uh, I think it's the voice mimicking. I think that that's got to be up there. Yep. Um, just from a psychological aspect, because if I think I've said this at some point before, but if if you hear your sister calling for help in the woods, and you're like, hmm. That seems fake, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna screw with you. So the the urge to go out and help is gonna be very strong. Um, I would say it's it's either that or the dead silence with which it moves, because in all of these cases where people disappear that I think are related to this, it moves in complete silence, which is fascinating. Yeah, and it. The people who go missing never scream. They they just disappear. So, interesting. I don't know what is going on with that, but I think that would it, it's it's got to be either the voice mimicry or the the having dead silence pro. Yeah, the silence is definitely freaky. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> a question for the brown haired Aiden. What uh, influences, while as a kid, did you have with Christianity? This could explain why you could say 
I would like to explain why you would say God told me this. Oh, I think that's you. You're blonde. He's blonde. I'm brown here. What? I, you know, I'm honored that you considered this brown, to be honest with you. I'm hoping to get more light. Um, if people just quick aside, if people do want to donate to our endeavors, um, they, I have PayPal. Mm. So if you want to put that, it's just my email, payton.madisgmail.com. Okay. If you want to put that in the chat. Sure. Obviously no pressure, but we are trying to make better content. Um, so if you do feel generous, uh, that, that is my PayPal. And obviously he will get paid out. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there's also the Patreon. So uh, Patreon, if you want to subscribe monthly. We're going to restructure that a little bit. Um, more to come on that. Some more information yeah. and news to come. But, but there is a $1 tier. Yes. That and that would be would awesome. greatly appreciate because, you know, it. If for example, if everyone in our Discord joined the $1 tier, that would be about $400 a month for us to really make this show. Uh, yep. Make this show work. Yep. Yeah, that so, would be enough for... Because we, we'd essentially use it all initially to just get better equipment. So that way, this yeah. looks good. I can have a mixer so I can actually properly hear things, like work with things and everything like that. Um, and then beyond that, it would just allow us to be able to do this and dedicate the time to this beyond the other things in which we're pursuing, yeah. You know, allowing us to actually focus on this as much as we want to, as much as we kind of have been. But moving forward, it's going to be difficult it's if we can't sustain ourselves. Getting a little tight. Um, yeah. 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 So, sure. uh, yeah. So, those are, if you want to support us and, and contribute, those are, you know, to any ability that you that you have or are willing to do, we would greatly appreciate that, of course. Um, but yeah, it's, I believe, I think that question was for you. Yeah. I'm going to assume it was for me. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, influences while I was a kid with Christianity. So, the funny thing is, is I don't remember. A lot of my childhood in that sense. I have a couple of memories here and there, but most of my childhood's just not kind of there. But from what I understand and what I was told, I prayed every night. Um, I wasn't in a family that went to church every Sunday. Uh, it was more kind of a an individual relationship with God in that sense. So it was just, you know, prayer every night. Um you know, just kind of keeping it with you at all times and things like that. Nothing jammed down your throaty kind of stuff, but just, you know, keeping it present, keeping it uh, yeah, in it mind. Catholic, right? Yeah. 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 Catholic. The Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Episcopal, but Episcopal was kind of one of those deals where it was like, we don't care what you are. You're welcome. It, it, they, they just wanted you to be spiritually active. It didn't really. I was baptized Episcopalian. Were you really? Yeah. What do you consider yourself now? Methodist. Okay. Yeah. Um, when did that shift happen? College. Gotcha. When I was getting on religious study minor. Just doing a lot of reading. What motivated the the switch? Well, I was raised non denominational. Mm. So it was more just, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that like there was a huge motivator. It was just like as I was reading up on stuff and mm-hmm. studying, I found that the church I liked most was Methodism. Um and why is that? that? Uh it's very scripture based. There's it avoids the dogma and the um you know, the Catholic Church has a lot of stuff that's based in tradition rather than scripture. Mm. And a lot of that stems from the period directly after the fall of the Roman Empire when the Catholic Church was really the only power structure left in Europe yep. that spanned the entire continent. Um, and they became more of a government entity than a religious one. Mm. So a lot of, you know, John Wesley's, uh, you know, method, which is where Methodism comes from, basically took all the 
took all that and pushed it aside and went, all right, what's the book say? Default to the book. When, when you have a question of faith, what does the scripture say? If the scripture contradicts the church, the church is wrong. Um, yeah, kind of makes sense. Yeah, so that's that's where I am, where I know that. But fair. Okay, in terms of other questions, uh, what do you think flesh pedestrians evolved of? This is kind of stemming back to uh, one of the Friday episodes in the Nephilim one. Yeah. Yeah. So my my theory on the flesh pedestrians is that they come from the kind of this collective human idea of a not necessarily a precursor race in some cases a precursor race but a uh version of humanity that or a similar to humanity uh, that existed alongside humans at one point that came in some function from a divine source so in in my religion that would be nephilim that would be the children of angels and human beings angelic men and human women um because as far as i know there aren't female angels i think they are all male in gender interesting um does the scripture say that anyway it implies it okay you never hear about female angels from what i remember um but in this case at least if there are both male and female angels it was only male angels gotcha um just as a quick aside, I would love to do either a Friday episode or a topic on here about the story of Lucifer. I feel oh, like yeah, for sure. that that would be yeah, that's that's one we can definitely dive yeah. into. But it's there's a lot in that separating myth from uh, actual scripture. Yeah, because that's my thought is because I feel like there's a lot of mis mischaracterization and also misunderstanding between the myth and the scripture, mm-hmm. and there's not really. I feel like there's not a lot of clear, accessible information to know what is actually part of the yeah, scripture. A lot of what people think about the the fall of Lucifer and all of that comes, rather than coming from Revelation, mm-hmm. it comes from Paradise Lost, mm. which is based off of the Bible, but it's not the Bible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, but yeah, so just to, to get back to the question, as you can tell, I am so good at staying on topic. <laughs> to be fair, uh, it's mostly my fault. Yeah. Um, I think that they are in some way related to the antediluvian Nephilim mm. and that the, you know, similar to the way that in Norse mythology, Loki has all of these children who are utter monstrosities. At some point, these, you know, Nephilim or maybe their children uh probably created some pretty monstrous things uh when you consider lucifer's behavior in the bible um you get some interesting possibilities about what lucifer's children would have been like should he have had them uh you know just stuff like that so i think my my belief is that the reason that we have such similarity across religions in this belief that there was a another race similar to humans but with some key differences that were stronger that were faster not necessarily more intelligent but um you know slightly physically enhanced uh i think that that that's pretty key you have to wonder why they were not the ones to i think there were less of them that makes sense i i really think that the reason that it ends the same thing i said about why they don't why they only hunt in secluded areas and prey on hikers and campers um one human 
Chump change. Easy prey. 25 humans. And then 25 humans with weapons. Yeah, 25 humans with spears and 25 humans with bows and then 25 humans with guns. You know, over time, humans have just gotten more and more deadly. Yep. So I think the reason, I, I think it must have been that there were simply a hundred times as many of us than there were then. Yeah, it makes sense. So next question is, uh, so that last one was from Corrupt Salcrow, just to, uh, or right. Slackrow, just to make sure I'm getting the shout outs where Thank necessary. Crobian class asks, asks, my final two questions. One, how would a fleshy boy react to getting charged? And two, like what a DUI? Uh, potentially, yes. <laughs> um, or uh, as number two, would a Tannerite and or Napalm question mark? Uh, so we don't have any documentation of what happens when you charge a fleshy boy, which I think answers all those questions. <laughs> um, nobody has lived to tell the tale, so probably doesn't go well. I think they would probably just kill you because, again, super fast, super strong, move silently. You're out of your depth. Yep. Uh, as far as Tannerite and Napalm, if you were able to pin down its location, yeah, that would work. Mm. Um, Napalm probably better than Tannerite. But uh, look, just as a caveat, please don't go spraying napalm and or spraying <laughs> tannerite into random forests because you think there might be a fleshy boy there. Um, yeah, it's because that's how forest fires start, and there's too many of them already. Yeah, um, that California has enough problems. Yeah, um, we don't need to give them more. Uh, but yeah, it, tannerite probably not as easy as um, using like gasoline or napalm. Mm -hmm. But kind of the way you would want to go with it is if you think that you've found a, a fleshy boy, you would want to figure out where it lives and set up a trap so you could, you know, set it on fire in its own home where it's not expecting it. That, that would be the best way to kill one. Yes. Yeah. And also avoid forest fire. Yes. Only you. Anyway, next question is from Cooper. It says, Thanks, Cooper. What does it mean... If I've been seeing shadows of things and people that aren't actually there, and it's not like shadow people you experience, it's just shadows with nothing to cast a shadow. So literal shadows, but nothing's there. Good question. That's a good question. Decent. He's been stumped. I'm trying to think what would block light without being visible. Because it would need to be something that Or could the shadows itself be the entity? That would have to be it. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reports with uh, spiritual apparitions, where which I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but mm. uh, there's a lot of reports of spiritual apparitions where they'll... Hang on a second. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts. Has had minimum two encounters with ghosts. Demons. And I, I think demons... Okay. Not Do, ghosts. So what's the difference between a demon and a ghost? A ghost is a human spirit that has gotten stuck between this life and the next life. Yeah. Demon is like an evil, twisted, demented, angelic presence that has, you know, infested an area or an object. Interesting. Fair enough. All right, continue. Yeah. Um, so the entity of shadow. Yeah, so if if you're 
a lot of spiritual apparitions, ghosts uh, manifest as shadows because it takes a lot of energy to manifest as an actual three-dimensional being. So if you're seeing shadows, that would be my first guess. Would be you're you're seeing a ghost that is not yet powerful enough to manifest in full physical form. Um, you know, that's the same as uh, if you see like... Uh, ectoplasm dripping from a crack in a wall you're seeing a ghost presence that is not strong enough to manifest itself got it um you know ghosts and demons both are usually tied to objects places or people so if you are seeing those and they're in a specific location then it's probably infesting that location uh if you're seeing them around you know a teddy bear and you move the teddy bear to another room and then the shadows appear around it it's probably infesting the object if you're seeing them everywhere i have bad news <laughs> um if you're seeing them everywhere go talk to a priest uh, <laughs> and tell them exactly tell tell them exactly what you're seeing because believe it or not catholic priests and orthodox priests are in fact trained in exorcisms might help that's a real thing um, a lot of people think that's a joke. I'm serious. I am 100% serious. Oh, we should see if we can get an exorcism on Dave. No. That yeah. would be terrifying. No, I, I'm down. I would love to get a priest on the show to we talk should, about exorcisms. We should definitely get yeah, a priest on the show. A, be great. B, we gotta, like, get a network going. Even if you don't want to go, I will go and film an exorcism for sure. I know you would, too. Yeah. That um, sounds hilarious. Do it. <laughs> 3 a.m. podcast where we use a Ouija board. Ooh, oh, should. no, we shouldn't. That's the other thing. Catholic priests are very serious about not using Ouija boards. Fair. <laughs> like, that is something they take very seriously. And you know what? If they take it seriously, I'm taking it seriously, too. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, question from Jeebus? 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 Uh, who is one of our Discord admin. Thanks, sir. Thank you, Jeebus. You are God's gift to the Discord, along with Alex and Pep and all of the other wonderful admins and mods. Anyway, so is the P.O. box up and running yet? No, because we may be moving across an ocean. At least one of us. At least one of us is moving across an ocean. Make this this thing worth my while. And and we'll move across the ocean, too, for a year. And then we'll do the show live from Haunted Castles in Wales. Probably not, but we, we'll do a Facebook Live live from a Haunted Castle in Wales. We could, we'll figure it out. How are we going to get internet in a Haunted Castle? Hotspot. Fair enough. Anyway, so be on the lookout for potential Haunted Welsh Castle podcast. No, definitely going to be Haunted Welsh Castle content. It's just whether or not it's a podcast. Fair. Because I will be there. Yeah. I know. Okay. Uh, another question is <laughs> Dizzy Dragon just said, of course, you guys are still on the iPhone. Um, okay. okay. What else were we going to use? Yeah, we can't afford anything else. <laughs> um, okay. So what are some supernatural creatures? That, uh, so this, this is from uh, Patro. What are some supernatural mm-hmm. creatures? What are some supernatural Gracias, creatures? Señor. De nada, señor. <laughs> Let me read, señor. <laughs> 
what are some supernatural creatures that live in and around the desert? Because if I jump my back fence, I can wander into the desert for miles. We don't suggest or advise Please that. don't jump your back fence and wander in the desert for miles. Just, like, even beyond, like, supernatural stuff. Um, fun. Just don't do that. Yeah. It's, I mean, unless you're going to bring a guitar and a horse with no name, then it doesn't sound that very fun. Uh, Desert-related... I mean, skinwalkers, uh, if you're in the southwestern United States. Um, you know, I will have to actually look into that and, and get a more in-depth answer. Uh, the chupacabra, supposedly. Chupacabra. Uh, in terms of things that aren't necessarily bad, but are questionable whether or not they exist. Uh, the jackalope. A lot of alien sightings happen in deserts for some reason. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'll just have to look into that, and you know, maybe we can do a, a war episode on desert. Um, I think we should desert entities. I'll write that down. There we go. Thank you guys for the ideas. Um, there was another one. Uh oh, here we go. Uh, question from Brendan: How many humans would it take to take on a fleshy guy? Uh, you can make up whatever thing, or you can make up what you think would be a fair amount for them to have. I'll say this: you don't usually hear stories about them taking on groups of more than a dozen. Like so, if you're if you're in a group of 10, twelve to fifteen people, they don't seem to involve themselves. Most of the stories you hear about groups smaller than ten. So I would say if you if you genuinely believe that your small town was being terrorized by a fleshy boy, I uh, twenty five people would probably be a safe bet. Yep. Because then you could split up into teams of five. That's not. It's not more than twelve, but it's uh, yeah twenty four people, two teams of a dozen would probably be. There you go. Probably your best way to go. There you go. Uh, any fleshy boy legends on sea islands from Parker? Sea islands. Yes. I don't hear a lot about them, but there is a national park in Guam. <laughs> <laughs> is now is your mentality at this point just any? It's possible that any and all national parks are involved in this, but also Naturally. I've never heard of somebody going missing in Valley Forge, so it can't be all national parks. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's not, not all national parks, parks, guys. Yeah, not all of them, but uh, yeah, no. So, um, I, I mean, the thing is. If you think about when we seem to believe that these creatures originated, in my opinion, with the Great Flood, it would make sense that they wouldn't be on islands. Yep. Um, ah! Water levels were rising. Yeah. Depends on how big, like, how big the islands are. I think they were larger land masses. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Some might have not been lucky. Yeah, I mean, I don't hear a ton of stories about it, but there's also another facet of that in that um, when you do have cultures or uh, tribes that practice cannibalism, those tend to be found on islands more often than mainland continents. And considering that one of the general traits here is that these creatures tend to exist in cultures where cannibalism is taboo, it would make more sense that you would see them in places where cannibalism isn't common. Hmm. 
cannibalism is definitely more common in island cultures. Yeah, that's very fair. That's very fair. Okay, uh, Talia, or Thalia, I'm assuming it's Talia, uh, said, or asked, Talia. Uh, asked, if you hear a fleshy boy, is it safe to go outside later? I feel like probably, a, probably not. No. I feel like a qualifier would be how much later. How much later are we talking? Are we talking like you know, thirty minutes? Because it's not like eating and then going swimming. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I, I would say if you're like up in a cabin, like in the Adirondacks, and you think you hear somebody screaming for help in the woods, it's probably best to give it a few days before you go out past like your property line. Or like go there, out. Yeah, there there at was night. one thing that somebody suggested on one of my TikToks where they said, uh, or somebody tagged me in another guy's TikTok. That's what it was. Uh, where he said that, given the lack of people going out for the past year, it would be possible that lack of prey and desperation would drive the fleshy boys into more populated areas out of desperation. Which could explain why so many people are reporting seeing and hearing them closer to populated areas recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If if you hear a fleshy boy, even if it's not one, the circumstances probably aren't great. Um. But yeah, I would just say you know, practice caution. If you've absolutely got to go out, make sure that you, you know, you have a buddy. Keep an eye on each other. Um, we are fueling the flames. Here. We really oh, are. Geez. I uh, just I saw the opportunity to have it yeah, be done. I know, I know. But yeah, Alex, I, you know what to do. I would say, I, I would say wait. If you hear one, give give it a few days. So I have a question, and then I'm going to do one more question before we hop off, because we are now at an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, dear Lord. Um, but so when it comes to being in the wilderness and you hear somebody crying for help and things like that, and the potential that it could be a fleshy boy or the potential that it could just be a person actually like needs help, what do you do? Uh, stick to your trail. Mark your coordinates, mark the direction you heard the screams coming from, and go find the nearest ranger station or a police office. See, ladies and gentlemen, there are ways to be smart and helpful mm -hmm. without putting yourself in danger. Well done. Yep. All right. And the last question that we will take tonight is... If you have questions that we don't answer, feel free to send us an email and we will try to get to them. Yes, we will. Uh, Lucky Dog Moors asks, what are your thoughts on the hide behind? This is what I keep hearing about um, that I haven't done a ton of research into, but what I am what I have heard about it, I'm going to shout out, uh, I think it's True Legends of Monsters is the channel, uh, the page on TikTok. Um, I think his name is Aaron Tomlinson. Uh, he did a quick video on it that I thought was really good, so that would be something to check out for sure. Uh, go take a look at that. Toss him a like and a view. He's doing some great content. Um, very similar to what we do. But uh, the, the idea behind it is that it, it exists, but nobody has been able to describe it, from what I understand. Um, I was actually going to do a video on that tomorrow, after I have some time to look into it. But 
Uh, I don't necessarily know that I would classify it within the Fleshy Boys. Uh, maybe. I, I Like I said, um, I have to look more into it. But the the idea behind it, I definitely don't love. <laughs> it, that it calls to you and you can't see it because it's hiding. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's one that I was planning on getting to tomorrow. So you, you beat me to the punch there, but uh, I will definitely look into it. I just recently heard about that one. Um, we can do one more since I didn't really have a good answer to that. Okay. I feel bad. Um, let's see. Uh, friendly cult leader asks, why do some of the fleshy boys and Bigfoot behaviors overlap? I mean, I'm, I'm wondering exactly which behaviors you mean. Also, there, uh, for example, like the Cherokee devil uh, is described as being much more similar to a Bigfoot than a Windy Bagel. Um, so I think there, what I'm catching on with the native lore is that there are Bigfoot-like creatures that are evil, and there are Bigfoot-like creatures that are good. Um, Sasquatch being one of the good ones. Um, the Cherokee Devil being one of the bad ones, uh, and I had one of one of our followers told me about one of his experiences with with the Cherokee Devil, where they were out. I think he said dirt biking or ATVing, and um, they just got the sense they were being watched, and there was, you know, they were very uncomfortable. And apparently, the Cherokee Devil only targets Cherokee people. So you and I are safe. Um, Thankfully, yeah. Uh, Feel bad for any Cherokees, but yeah. Um, I wonder if it would target people in a Grand Cherokee. I think you'd have to think twice. Yeah, you probably probably need to do some thinking. Yep. Um, hopefully that would give you time to get away. But uh, yeah, so I think that there's probably some there's there's some Bigfoot lore that kind of fits with the the Wendigo and um, all of that. And one possibility would be that you're looking at different tribes and peoples interpreting the same being in different ways fireworks um and then the the other possibility is that there's just there is overlap um and these are two different creatures who both happen to hunt humans and you know make calls in the woods but bigfoots generally are they, they won't mimic human voices so that's one of the, one of the core differences is they do call to each other it seems like but it's more of a their own language. Mm. Whereas with with the fleshy boys, they'll call to you in a human voice or a mimicked human voice. Mm. Okay, so I do have one more because it's just it. I just couldn't let this one slide. What is it? So Jacko asks, wait, if you eat a skinwalker, will you become a Wendigo? I think it's a valid question. To take your question very literally, if you eat a skinwalker, would you become a Wendigo? Yes. Yes. Woo! Because skinwalkers are humans. Now, if you eat a Wendigo, would you become a Wendigo? That would be an interesting question. They are technically still human. Um, cause even if it's the version where it's the Wendigo is a spirit that possesses a person, 
then you're still eating a person. So yeah, in either case, I would say you you would run the risk. I don't know that it would necessarily be certain, mm. but you would be consuming human flesh out of malice um, or desperation, which would possibly turn you into a Wendigo. Um, it's actually the plot we went camping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. I should put that up on Patreon for our patrons to read. Yeah. The, the, certain... original, the original short story. Yeah. Novella, I guess, technically. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm going to make that available to all $1 patrons and up. Uh, there you so go. If you want to read an original short story that I wrote, it's about 45 pages long. Um, and it's called We Went Camping, and it's about uh, Wendigos. It takes place in northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're interested in that, I'll upload that tomorrow. Um, cool. And that's something that I'll make available to all $1 and up patrons. But, yeah, um, if you ate... If you ate a Wendigo, you would th- theoretically also become a Wendigo. It's kind of a vicious cycle, I guess. A little bit. What if a Wendigo eats a Wendigo? I think that would just double the Wendigo. Like, dump, double its power. Ooh. So and it's just you would like... You just have an alpha Wendigo, <laughs> yeah. which would be horrible. It's just juicing for Wendigos. Yeah, exactly. Brutal. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's that's all, folks. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for stopping by the Lore Lodge. Um, you know, give it. E- even if you're, you know, the the best thing you can do for us, honestly, is sharing the show. Uh, whether that's on Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, anything, you know, uh, give us a like and a share, and that that helps us grow. That helps us get money from YouTube. Um, you know, watch us without ad block. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> One more. What? One more. Right, question. fine. Okay. Is it for this is from Commander Canada 213. What a name. Is it legal to use a fleshy boy to commit war crimes in ex Soviet countries? I don't know that it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was too good. Is it legal? I, I wouldn't necessarily say yet but i don't think that there's a law on the books saying you can't unleash a wendigo in kazakhstan we're (laughs) so we're gonna have to check in with like the geneva convention and like nato and the un but i really i recommend sending questions like that please do i enjoy questions like that that was fantastic Also, thank you to everybody yeah. who's saying thanks in the comments. Yeah. Very much appreciated. We thank you for being yeah. here and it supporting really, us. This is like this is the most fun thing I've ever done for a job. Um, so all having right. all of you out there who who listen and watch and, and enjoy this, it's it's really so much fun to get to interact with you guys and to tell these stories and have these conversations. You know, this is this is awesome for us. So yeah. thank you so much, um, and uh, we'll we'll see you next Sunday. You got and uh, are we gonna do Discord tonight or? Uh, yeah, we probably should. Yeah, we'll hop into the. We'll be in general. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do uh, voice chat in the general um, tonight, just so that we can kind of get everybody in there, and then we'll probably move that to the campfire for next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll do essentially just so everybody can kind of have a chance to understand what it is, and then eventually what we're gonna be doing is Patreon exclusive people because. Uh yeah, we need money. Help. Yeah, we need help actually making this something worth watching and not having as many technical difficulties <laughs> and you know 
doing, doing the best, best we can to create the best content for you that we can. Yes. So, yeah, we'll be in general tonight sometime between now and like 10, 10. Uh, we'll be there till like 10, 30, 10, 45 yep. at the latest. We're probably going to grab some food first, chill out. Um, Crack open a cold one with the boys. We might have to. Yeah. Might have to. But anyway, thank you guys for stopping by. We really appreciate it. We will do our best to not have so many technical difficulties. <laughs> I told you to put it on half speed. I forgot. Oh, God. Oh, this is this is brutal. Anyway. Oh, it's back. Just like we are. You Podcast number three starting yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you, everybody. We Have will see you next week.